0: the full round table the ufo thinker and pursuits of the paranormal podcasts
1: okay so welcome back to the monthly roundup round table uh, back once again myself frank ufo thinker podcast part of the all olbins cab network once again uh, joined by Ash Ellis from UFO Identified slash Pursuit of the Paranormal podcast. How are you
2: doing, Ash? Very good, Frank. Uh, good to see you again.
1: All right, it's always a pleasure. I am slightly more hoarse than usual, as I'm sure listeners with, with a keen ear will have already picked up on. <coughs> um, I, I'm going to be muting myself when I cough. That one caught me by surprise. But um, if i that's just approve
0: anyway, it. Just, just yeah, it. No, it's just it, sympathy, wasn't it?
1: It's for the authenticity, you see. I've got I've got yeah. to uh, show that it's a genuine article. But um, for future coughs, uh, I will be muting myself or attempting to. So, um, yeah, if, if anybody hears me, uh, just go quiet for a few seconds just so you know why. And, um, I, of course, we are once again joined as well by Dave. How are you doing, Dave?
0: Hi, sorry, I dived in a bit there, Frank. Yeah, you've got a bit of the Rod Stewart's going on there, haven't you? I thought you were going to break into song for a minute listening to you.
1: And yeah. I'll have to record a single whilst I've got the uh, the hoarseness. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that like that old episode of Friends. Oh, that,
0: <laughs> very good. Yeah, I'm in good form, and I'm looking forward to this. The merry month of January. We're just gone. We're talking about.
1: Yeah, well, that's it. And I, I tell you what, it feels a long time since New Year, doesn't it? Yeah. I suppose it has been because we're actually slightly later doing this this roundtable. Um, we're sort of into February now, aren't we? So it's going. It'll actually go out to listeners at the end of the first week of Feb rather than um, the the week before as it normally would be. But um, still, we are here. And um, two of the kind of main predictions that we were talking about and that I mentioned on on, on my solo pods and whatnot as well is um, the 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 predictions have, have fizzled out spectacularly, uh, like a like a soggy firework, damp squib. Um, I'd, I'd been hearing these strong indications on the grapevine about the videos from the Soul Foundation and uh, Grush's op-ed, and obviously this at this point, unless anything anything's happened today that I've uh, not seen, uh, both of those have failed to materialize uh, for for various reasons, and I think it's just that you know as we often say, the situation behind the scenes is quite fluid, always changing, and one thing that can happen can throw timescales that we might have expected uh, off considerably, and uh, the reaction to an event can sort of change the anticipated arrival of other things and whatnot. Uh, still two interesting areas to watch for. I think we'll just have to keep an eye on that, though, and see when when it actually happens. Have you got any indications, uh, Dave, anything you've seen about oh, any of that?
0: I, I think you've been a bit miserable there, Frank, to be honest with you. It's, uh, <laughs> it's only just been a bit of a delay. Christ, I thought you were going to say, it's all gone, we might as well go home no i mean what we do know is but clearly on the soul foundation they all they totally underestimated how long it takes and you told me this frank as well Can you added to it because you've got a bit of expertise how long it takes to edit all the videos forever it only takes one person to say i'm not happy and whatever and there's loads of them there's hours of stuff to go through so i think that's why there's a delay there it's not but they're trying to keep it. Not that you were saying that, but I don't think it's anything about secrets. It's just physically getting the time to do it, yeah? And on the, yeah, and we've heard about the, uh, we heard that it's going to be the op-ed. I reckon there's still some stuff going on behind the scenes. I think this op-ed is going to be really significant, which we'll maybe get into when we get on a bit later on. Although I may be being, I recognise though, all joking about, I could be being optimistic here, but the signs are, but we said, didn't we, at Christmas, that if there wasn't with the act not being passed, it's going to all start getting a bit freaky now or whatever. More whistleblower stuff and all the rest of it. So we should start seeing that in the next. I say if we haven't seen anything by the end of March. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Maybe things aren't going quite as well as planned. The team disclosure. So, no, I don't know much is your answer. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think, like you say, understandable delays on the soul videos thing and not entirely unexpected. Um, Grush's op-ed, though, um, there was pretty clear indications that would be the first week of January, and obviously that that has been delayed, hasn't it? So, yeah, um, yeah for, for various reasons probably, but um, we'll keep an eye on that. But the uh, one thing that we definitely were treated to in January was the uh, another high noon drop from... Uh, jeremy corbell and and george knapp um and this was the the jellyfish and i think um that was uh, an interesting one uh, that we saw uh happening and uh been quite interested to uh to to finally get into this because it's actually quite some time ago now that it that it actually came out we briefly touched on it dave when we were talking a little while ago but obviously we'll, we'll go through a little bit more detail now um so just a quick rundown of it i'm sure everybody's Probably sit to the back teeth of the thing by this point, but we'll, I'll just go through some of the key points of the case, just in case anybody's not aware, or a bit of a refresher. So uh, it was actually uh, posted on the the weaponized site on January the eighth, two thousand and twenty-four, of course, uh, and this is a basically footage of a, a, a military filmed uh, UAP incursion actually within a United States Joint Operations Base, and this particular UAP. Um, allegedly i think i think i should probably say displayed transmedium capability and um certainly has been uh, officially designated by the united states intelligence agencies as a uap uh, unidentified aerial phenomena and that designation apparently is still the case uh, to, to this day there's no explanation being put forward to, to explain it as anything prosaic it actually took place in um october 2017 uh, during the night and it was uh, as i say this this joint operations base in iraq where it actually took place um there were various uh devices apparently that, that picked it up an mx20 targeting system uh, a FLIR, and um of course there was there was video of, of the actual object itself and um there was this um uh, reconnaissance platform involved a Lockheed Martin persistent threat detection system uh, aerostat uh, otherwise known as PTDS so the actual object itself uh, was, was filmed at this base um, tracked for uh, a period of time I think quite a while uh, about half an hour I think in, in total roughly and it moved through this uh, military base and eventually uh, arrived at a body of water where apparently it did what's described as a controlled descent actually going into the water and then um after a period of about 17 minutes the object re-emerged from the body of water and shot off at an extreme rate of speed um out of the range of the platform that was observing it so obviously um you know with all of that said it, it remains unexplained and uh, it sounds like a a pretty interesting case now one thing uh, that kind of struck me about this uh, when it came out um and i've made a few sort of as i was making my notes is that how many times over the last couple of years we've actually talked about these cases brought forward by Corbell and knapp Uh, at the end of the day i think personally whatever we think of these cases and obviously we've discussed them quite a lot. And some of them I think are not worth a carrot, such as the Christmas lights one from a year or so ago. Others, at least in my opinion, are more interesting, like the Mosul Orb. And I think whatever we make of these cases, whatever explanation we might have, um there's no denying that Jeremy and George have brought out quite a lot of cases. And I find them interesting. As we've often said, um, you know, when when these cases come out, it's interesting to see the reaction and, and think about what they might be. And what to make of each case is kind of the fun bit, you know. Uh, everyone on UFO Twitter is getting stuck in. Sherlock Holmes for the day, trying to figure it out and that kind of thing. So I'd be interested to see what you guys think. I think one thing that's worth pointing out as well is that the video, um, there's kind of various bits and pieces been discussed about this, but the really interesting aspects of the case are the transmedium capability and the fact that it shot off at an extreme rate of speed. Unfortunately... Those particular aspects are not on the video, which is available. Extremely frustratingly, uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, however, uh, there have been people who have, uh, you know, supposedly been in touch with Corbell and Nap, and um, you know, who who have said that video exists of those parts, but the the video is confiscated and whatnot. So, before I waffle on anymore, I think I'm approaching a cough. So, um, Dave, what are your thoughts on all of this?
0: Glad you asked me first because I think Ash might have a different view. So I'll I'll go with a positive. I might be wrong here, Ash. I may be doing you a disservice, but I'll go with a more positive and I'm gonna see what Ash thinks. And we missed you, Ash, the other day when we were talking about this. Oh yeah, well we well, we wanted your take on it so more seriously. So anyway, I'll give you my view. I was talking to Frank Milburn for about this and he says they've got a fixed balloon. They have the fixed balloons, like the old balloons in World War Two. It's suspended above the base. They have a platform on which I didn't know. So they've got this multiple platform. So he's telling me that, which I thought was quite interesting. So it's dedicated to surveilling the base. Uh, I mean, I think they've got a pretty good track record of getting stuff from people, but it seems to be real. You know, whatever. I know the quality can be variable and we can argue about it. So I thought, like you, it was quite a good one, Frank. The DOD have not denied it, from what I can say, although they've taken a bit more circumspect view now. They're sort of not really confirming it like they used to, but they haven't denied I got the impression it was proper footage anyway. Uh, they got the footage from people who were on the base, apparently, and there was also somebody interviewed on the base, uh, and they got over multiple confirmations. quite funny. Green Street interviewed him thinking he was going to support rubbish it, and then he said, oh, no, actually, it's, it's quite true. And he got... Got upset, didn't he? Grease it on Twitter. A bit of a meltdown on Twitter, I seem to remember. But anyway, that was quite amusing. Uh, I think it was officially classified as unidentified. So at the time, they couldn't identify what it was. It wasn't. So you would think they would have ruled out anything obvious. Another interesting thing, a conscious guy was interviewed, and uh, then according to Knapp and uh, Corbell, was that the film was confiscated straight away. He burst into the office, told people to sign NDAs told them not to talk about it. This was, the you know, the police on the base. They didn't say it to the other allies. They didn't show it. That suggests to me that it wasn't nothing or prosaic. Now, this is circumstantial. I, I get that. I'm not saying it's proof positive. As you said, Frank, it was a bit annoying that uh, I saw the two videos, one, the, one we've all seen going through the base, and one where it's a bit more over water, but like, it's quite frustrating that the big one's missing, isn't it? And uh, apparently it flew upwards very quickly. One thing for me that was interesting it was only picked up in thermal, yeah? Only in thermal, not and it wasn't visible to the naked eye. You saw going past some dogs and I think some people, they didn't notice it. Now, one thing for me, uh, just on a simple point, we haven't got anything that I know of technologically that can be invisible, we can make invisible. If it was physically passing past, you'd see it, yeah? I know you can make it blind to sensors but we haven't got anything but invisible so if it truly was just in the thermal spectrum i think that's interesting in itself when i watched it it didn't seem to have any visible means of propulsion not when i was looking at it anyway it it didn't seem it but it seemed to be moving steadily it wasn't floating to me didn't seem to be blown by the wind it seemed to move as one object not some sort of cluster of things uh I think uh, the balloon explanations, I found them pretty thin just looking at it. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know, but it struck me. And I saw a few people, it turned out but some of the debunkers had actually created balloons. Technically, I'm forgetting what the tech was, you know, to say, oh, this is what it could look like. You think, oh, that's interesting. They've actually created some of those images to look like it. Well, I'd say that's cheating, to be honest with you. I mean, it's what you can't do that and then say, oh, well, it's balloons, can you? But anyway... Uh, I didn't think it looked like balloons, but I'm not an expert. I suppose the other interesting thing was the similar video of other objects that have been found and shown around Twitter and other footage, and you can see quite a few similar ones. And again, you don't know if whether they're true or not these things, but there is some sort of consistency along quite a number of films. I thought so. That was, I thought that was quite interesting. Interestingly, some of the stories, you know, pilots seeing people on jetpacks flying past planes and all of that there's some speculation it might be one of these things so there's also Corbell mentioned the story that he says he's on film but obviously they can't get it of an incursion on a us nuclear sort of warhead assembly site in i think it's nevada around that area in america anyway so i thought that was quite interesting so i think they've got a bit of form these things i found it quite convincing just because of the way it moved and the fact it couldn't be seen I do get that it was filmed on an iPhone, though. Somebody was filming a screen, so potentially you could do anything with that picture, couldn't you, and tamper with it? I do accept that. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I know there's maybe a few things which Ash probably probably has a view on more seriously about the things it might be. I personally think there's a good chance it's real and it's either some kind of surveillance device that isn't a known civilization surveillance device, I also thought it might be an exosuit, suit, somebody flying in it and all the rest of it. I don't know. But, yeah, so I was found it pretty convincing. But it's the same old story. Without any proper provenance or anything else, we're just really left speculating, aren't we? Even in just, you know, pays your money and takes your choice, I suppose. So that was my view on it. I was quite positive, but I wouldn't go to, me, go to the mattresses on it anyway, put it that way.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a weird one. I was just watching some of the footage again while while you were talking about it there. Very unusual thing, isn't it? And certainly not uh you know a typical shape. At least some not not as far as, as I'm aware but yeah. um as actually, actually a perfect opportunity to ask somebody who knows quite a lot about sighting reports and things like that. Ash, have you ever had any anything close to this as as ever sent in as a sighting from the UK?
2: Uh from from the shape of it no. Um, I mean, well, to be fair, I actually had one from May Port where they described it as a jellyfish type site uh, and they drew a sketch. They uh, sent the sketch to me. Um, that was kind of like a jellyfish. Not too similar to this one, but kind of a jellyfish shape. I ended up That ended up being um, nothing. Ended up being able to debunk or prove what that was, that it wasn't anything unusual. So that's the only one I can think of. But yeah, like you say, the shape of this one very very weird not what you usually expect these types of videos it's something completely kind of different to any any usual shape that we see Uh, but i am going to basically be the opposite of dave um in in my thoughts um (laughs) and i don't i I hate being like this sometimes um (laughs) i love to be like yes this is the one um but yeah very few times unfortunately I mean like like Dave said with the Providence and like all the juicy stuff. Like you got people bursting into the office, signing the A's, the season, like confiscating certain parts of the video, stuff like that. All very fantastical. And like I say, the key points where it's going into the water and shooting off at speed. That's the parts that we need to see, rather than what it looks like from what we see, which to me I mean I hate to say mean balloon because you think it's been tracked by these systems it should know a balloon stuff like that so you just feel a bit stupid saying i think it's a balloon but then with with these systems and the data we haven't seen that data so we're still taking people's word that this is what it tracked this is saying it wasn't this it wasn't that um only seen in thermal, stuff like so i do believe that people were sent out to look and they couldn't see it and um, which which could be true but if it's, I mean, if it's high up, if there's cloud cover and not sure about, that could hide it in a way, potentially. Especially if it's like quite a smaller um, balloon. I mean, we don't really see any of the uh, five observables in the video, only in the kind of the testimony. And it's nothing really, for me, comparing it with all the other videos that Corbell and Knapp and that put out, there's nothing in it, apart from the testimony, there's nothing in it that makes it stand out any more than kind of all the other ones. I did see a comparison to um, an Eid balloon, but you've probably seen. You've probably seen this comparison. Obviously, it is Iraq. It's the Muslim area. I'm not sure if it was like Eid at the time. That's probably obviously something we could find out. I think the comparison was very, very similar to to an e-blue when you match kind of the bits at the bottom all coming off. And for me, it's kind of too similar. So I've always gone towards that kind of more likely to be this rather than anything else, unless we get that extra footage, any extra data to go with the video. Because otherwise, yeah, it's just hearsay. And when people say like with this stuff where the, we see, I get a lot of reports where I've got a video or something and then it's always, after I start recording, Shut off or change direction. So I'm like, did it, or are you just trying to build it up a little bit? And there's something it isn't. You've always got to take that into consideration. Where if the more exciting part happens after the video's turned off, you've got to give that bit of doubt to it. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts that have been in playing in my, in my mind about it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I do hear what you're saying. I, I'm sort of on the fence with it, really. I think it's. Like you say, I mean, I, I personally find it one of the more intriguing videos that Corbell and Knapp have brought forward. And I, I personally, looking at it, I I struggle to... I've I seen the, the Eid balloon cluster type thing that you've mentioned, and it has the kind of stuff hanging down off the bottom mm. and things like that. It does bear a resemblance, that's for sure. But looking at the, the actual the object in the clip, I don't know, maybe it's just... I would have to see an Eid balloon going along at a similar wind speed or whatever. But to me... It just seems to be quite stiff as it moves, and you, I, I sort of think if you've got all kinds of dangling little balloon bits, maybe you'd see a bit more movement. But on the other hand, though, um, the really the you know the really compelling thing that would make you go, oh, it's definitely not balloons, is if you saw it going into the water, or if you saw it shooting off at an unbelievable rate of speed. You know, a balloon popping is not really going to shoot off at us really really fast, is it? So that those are the things that that would definitely go right there we go we've got observable observables on film you know mm. that that we've got the answer to this is definitely something you know um but unfortunately not having that makes it a lot
0: trickier doesn't yes,
2: it? So like the only bit we've got on film to me is it's floating
0: it's to me it lost to me it gives you parents that it's floating you think it's floating ash it doesn't look like it's floating it looks like it's moving under some propulsion to me i i that doesn't look like floating to me it looks like it's propelled by something. I mean, I know it's hard to i'm not saying my view's right and you're wrong, but it looks like it's impelled by something uh, more the, than the, floating along and jing like a balloon normally does you know
2: I think with the with the system it's used to
0: record it as well
2: um I think it can appear differently in them uh, senses yeah. rather than like a normal video camera filming a balloon like when you think of the um What's them balloons? Some Aquadilla Aquadilla um, video, mate. So was them. Seems we got moving at speed, moving fast. And they were two wedding balloons, um, but I, I don't think that's proven.
0: Yeah, one. Yeah. That's absolutely not proven. There's been I, loads of studies on that. You can't yeah, say that yeah, yeah. they're definitely them. I not mean, you, you, but you but might I'd posit absolutely. it, but saying it like it is, they're not, they're not. There's no. There's a lot of evidence on that. SCU did a big study on it. Is that? So I don't. Uh, yeah, it's the one where the, yeah. uh, wherever it is off Costa Rica where the Coast Guard. And that scene's
2: going to water as well in that one.
0: Yeah, it did oh yeah, yeah, out, split point. into two and all the rest of it. Uh, but there's, I mean, you might think it is. I'm not disputing you quite, you've been your rights to think that, but you can't say, it's definitely not been, there's no definitive proof come out about that. And there's a lot of evidence on the other side. So, um, uh, but, I mean, anyway. I mean, I suppose that the point I'm making there
2: is, behave they behave differently on these sensors when you're watching it you can't sort of view it as standard video kind of footage it's t- different it's different to what you record on your phone mm-hmm. when you're viewing it through these sensors in terms of the movement and the speed and stuff and all to do with the system that's recording it i guess is so that <laughs> roundabout way of um, I say, I've yeah. Not heard
0: that. uh yeah well anyway yeah that, yeah i mean i don't know about that in terms of how much different it is the movement i must admit i haven't heard that as a as a thing that's come up, having watched a few of these, it's a significantly different movement. I could see that. Uh, I could certainly see how it might be, but it's not something, having watched a few of these, that has been brought up massively, but the movement's a lot different. Now, if it's time-lapse, I could see that. I can also understand if it's sort of thermal or it's infrared. I get the FLIR thing is a little bit weirder. Mm. But uh, anyway, I mean, we don't know, do we? I suppose we just it's just interesting. I suppose the discussion shows how it's... Uh, yeah it's very interesting isn't
1: it yeah i think like like i was saying the only way to know for absolute certain would be to see it doing something that absolutely definitely could not be balloons or any other prosaic explanation and in the absence of that being on film we're going off you know what people have have said they saw and you know, there's so many variables along that path, isn't there? And that, in defence of of Corbell and Nap, in terms of bringing these cases forward, I find them interesting. I think we all do. And it's better to have cases and have that experience of investigating them and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah and 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 one thing that they've said as well on, um, is that part of the reason for putting this case out is to hope, hopefully, inspire people who saw other bits of the footage and things like that to actually come forward. Um, obviously, there was—I forget the name of the the guy who, who that you got on. Can anyone remember his name? I'm sure we all know who I'm talking about. Anyway, the guy who—no,
0: I can't know. No, yeah,
1: he was interviewed by New York Post yeah. with uh, Stephen Stephen Greenstreet, yeah. and then. And then he came out again on, on uh weaponized and sort of said that he felt like he'd he'd been, you know, made to look more skeptical than he actually was. Um but it's funny, it's like a tug of war because Stephen Green yeah. Street obviously wanted to make it all sound like it was total nonsense. But then on the other hand, Jeremy Corbell clearly was kind of nudging him towards trying to get him to say that it was more anomalous. So it's without that, you know, more witnesses and with we're seeing the actual observables in the video we're in that it's very very interesting and we've all had a good you know an enjoyable time trying to get to the bottom of it but i'm hoping that we that we may see some more but in fairness i have to say i've said that about quite a lot of these videos and we generally don't see a great deal of other people coming out with further information maybe this will be the one that proves that wrong i hope so because it, it, for me is is definitely one of the more the more interesting um i hadn't really thought about an order of them but i think this is probably for me, I think this is probably number two out of all of the weaponized cases that have come forward. And number one, I would say personally, is the Mosul Orb. I know Ash probably won't agree with me on that one, but I found that interesting because of the metallic sphere thing and the fact that that had been mentioned so much by uh, Sean Kirkpatrick and you know the fact that these, these things are supposedly been seen across the planet. And Sean Kirkpatrick, obviously, as we know, is extremely, um, you know, I don't even, sceptical is probably not even the right word, but he, he's certainly not convinced in, in his public statements that there's there's really anything to be seen. But yeah, even he was quite um, forthcoming with talking about how these metallic orbs have been seen all over the world. So I find that muscle orb quite interesting um, for, the, for those reasons. And uh, it's just a shame we didn't see any more developments on that case. And for me, this is number two. And obviously the Christmas lights and the Mojave Triangle are, are, are further down that list, uh, my personal opinion. But what do you reckon, Dave? Where does it sit in the rankings I, of weaponized I, cases?
0: No, no, I I think it's pretty good. But I do take what Ash is saying on board in particular the statements. The thing about it, though, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people don't like Carbell because he's he, he is quite showy. But on the other side of it, he has held on to these for three years. Him and Nap, he's got Nap there, uh, and I I think. One of the things is about are these do the people fit the typical profile of grifters and doing it all for clicks and getting it out quickly? I don't, I don't think they do. Even though I know he presents a bit like that in his showmanship in terms of behavior, I don't think he does so much. And he's trying to do the right thing, so I don't get the impression that they try to massively sensationalize it when they present the evidence. But equally, it's not always. There's always seems to be something missing, I suppose. But so I think. Just generally, and we've had this discussion many times, it very much depends on who's bringing it forward. And I think, for me, uh, that's quite an interest about what's going on with it. That witness, by the way, he was a second-hand witness one to add to the pot. He'd been told he wasn't in the room, you know, when they were spotting it. He'd been told by people on the base. And uh, it was him, I think, who majored on the fact that they'd come in and then all the rest of it, yeah. So that was where that come from, you know, mainly. You know, the, the... nda then what well, they have ndas and all the rest of it so it just shows you how difficult as you were saying actually it is to untangle all these matters but equally i don't think Paul bell and particularly napper are like doing grifting stuff or anything like that even like some other people who i would immediately suspect they were sensationalizing it you know when i see him so yeah i so i'd say I, for me it's pretty strong but again, no cigar, as it were. But I, I do check on board what Ash is saying, absolutely. So I'm, I think we need that perspective as well, and he's the person who's in the field.
1: Any any thoughts, Dave, on, on where it's sitting, the rankings of cases brought forward? I'm guessing probably similar kind of thing I, to myself. It's up there at the... Like Ash, the you morning. mean? Oh,
0: did, oh, did, I thought, oh, no, I said, I'd, I agree. I'd say second, yeah, to Mosul. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't reckon. know, I'm, I don't know. maybe first, maybe, I don't know, I'd say just second, yeah, I think it's pretty
1: strong. Yeah. For, for me, one of the more interesting ones, for sure, but again, I, I'd love to see that more information with it, and I'm, like i say maybe it will be, because I think it probably has made a bit more of a splash than some of the other cases, so perhaps, you know, and I don't think there's a clear, like I say, some of those other ones, I think there ended up being a pretty clear, sceptical explanation, you know, prosaic explanation. This one, I don't think we've quite there yet, so I'd love to get some more info. But what what do you reckon, Ash? Where do you think it sits on the rankings?
2: Um, well, based on my track record of uh, these videos, probably the top one. Um, <laughs> right. the terms are probably the most unusual with the shape. So it is kind of stand out for me on that. And it is I mean you mentioned that he is getting these, this stuff out there, and that is the main thing. But no matter if I'm always gonna be like nah to every one of them fact that we look at these videos it's new videos it's and if the like the thing you do said this was classified as on the identifier stuff like that and we're getting to see it I mean that's like even like four or five years ago we've had nothing we had nothing at all like new so just to have these new stuff to talk about I think that's the most important thing it's just to say that there's so many people can't disagree without fighting over it on Twitter and stuff it's just
1: well awesome. and that's, yeah, that that's what we've always tried to do on here isn't it you know on the on the round tables we always have our differences of opinion but we we don't you know so far at least touch wood we haven't devolved into to to uh, slang What do
0: magic. you mean? Don't us say it's
2: whatever <it's>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's, that's like a, come round yeah I should get me the headlock in Barton but <laughs> no but yeah you're right it's just a bit pathetic isn't it, when they start going on like that it really is uh you know
1: Yeah it's, you, well, anyway, enough said on that. We'll see if any more information uh, does end up coming out on it. But very interesting one. Uh, I definitely enjoyed looking into that one, uh, even though we didn't get like an exactly a really clear explanation for it either way. So um, I think we'll, we'll move on then to um, a, a, a briefing that was received by uh, members of Congress, uh, which I believe was the 12th of January. So again, seems like quite a while ago at this stage. Um, But it was uh, basically a meeting that has been quite a long time in in the works and many people have been anticipating it and what was going to be said. And it was a a classified briefing on on UFOs by the Inspector General. And one of the reasons I think that this was anticipated was that there's been um, much discussion about the fact that the the ICIG, the uh, Intelligence Community Inspector General, had deemed uh, grush uh, the whistleblower that you know we've talked about a lot, his case was deemed to be credible and urgent, which has obviously given a certain amount of credibility to the claims made by Grush. Uh, you know, even even beyond you know his own personal credibility as an individual, which you know was already quite clear from his track record and and you know his manner in general and whatnot. Um, but you know the the fact that the intelligence community inspector general have sort of have, have deemed it credible and urgent definitely added some weight to that and many of the the key politicians who've been pushing for increased transparency were in attendance at this particular briefing and the various reactions were filmed as they left the briefing and whatnot uh, apparently there was 16 representatives who attended and the familiar names that we talk about quite a lot who've been involved in uap work behind the scenes and um, most of them i think were there tim Burchett was there um Anna Paulina, uh, Jared Moscovich, um, Eric Burleson, Robert Garcia, and Mike Turner. So a lot of the big names. Oh, Mike, Turner, Mike
0: Turner wasn't there, I don't think, Frank. He went to something else, apparently. Oh, okay. I'll tell Fair you about
1: enough,
0: that in a minute. But... Sorry, I didn't to dive in there.
1: No, no. Always good to uh, stand corrected in in that instance, then. But still, a lot of the the names that we um, that we're familiar with being involved uh, behind the scenes in the states there. And I think basically one of the the key takeaways from it all um, was, yeah, you know, put simply, that that Dave Grush appears to be legit after all, um, which is kind of what we what we've been thinking all along, but certainly seemed to be confirmed to those that were in attendance for that briefing. Um, and there were. Um, there, there weren't really any reports of people leaving the briefing with, with doubts, you know, about Grush after what had been said, um, you know, from further information that came forward. In fact, there seemed to be, I think, fair to say, quite significant progress towards getting the answers that were that, that were being looked for. Quotes such as, um, this briefing briefing actually moved the needle certainly seems to suggest that whilst there wasn't any minds blown, there was some substance there and some progress towards actually getting some answers. And uh, a a common theme amongst those who were interviewed afterwards was that they they actually have some pretty good leads uh, to follow up on. And probably by this stage, having been a few weeks later, they're probably well along the path of following up on those leads. Um, And a lot of the basics um, that has been brought forward by Grush were essentially established... And confirmed as as being credible, which definitely gives the green light to kind of you know dig deeper and, and follow up on those leads. So, um, a, a phrase that I say quite a lot on, on on the podcast: it'll be interesting to see what happens next. I should get that tattooed on my arm or something. So, go on then, Dave. What are your thoughts on all I, of that? I'm, and, sorry, I in, I'm sorry, sorry I dived oh, in. I'm sorry oh, I dived in there, Frank. That
0: was very bad of me. But the reason I was diving in was I listened to an interview with Matt Laszlo and he described that skiff section. It's a whole section. We've got about six different rooms and it's sort of secure. And apparently he talked to another senator, and said, Oh, he wasn't in there. No, he'd gone to another meeting, Turner. And it's the reason I it's significant is I don't think he wanted to be present for that briefing. Because if you remember, he scuppered the UAP Act and he didn't want to be seen to be at to hear whatever they had to say if so he could plausible deniability, or he couldn't because other people would have witnessed him hearing it. So that's how, I know, how he wasn't there. Matt Laszlo is a brilliant bit of journalism because you wouldn't know that, would you, unless somebody had told him the layout and they've got six different rooms and he didn't go in. And that was, and everybody thought he had, but he hadn't. And that's, you know, if you read most of the reports, they say he didn't yeah, go in. Yeah, fair enough. So, so that's, that's, that's really good funny.
1: to know. I think he was he was scheduled on the invite list, wasn't he? So yeah, that's, that's probably where I'd heard that. But yeah, it's good to know. Cheers. A
0: key thing though, he was ducking it though. So he, he, he couldn't be said to know. Do you see what I mean? That's the but Anyway, I, but I think that's important. I mean, I think it partly was better than the DOD IG briefing. They just confirmed that they were indeed in Washington, and that was it, wasn't it? The other one, the DOD IG event, uh, they didn't say anything, so they were really annoyed about that. This one, as you said, had more substance, and they did all say to Congress people I mean, that Garcia looked white when he come out, he looked like he'd seen a ghost. He was uh, seemed quite shaken for me when he was talking. A few of them said that he had moved the needle. He'd received new info, was what Garcia said. Eric Burleson has not stopped going on about it since he come out. And they've all said they want new hearings. There's something to follow up on, there's things to look into. And the key thing for me is not one of them said, yeah, that grush, no, he's making it up, his allegations, he's taking us for a ride. There was none of that. I think there was some frustration in that the ICIG, the Intelligence Community Inspector General, Wanted to keep it on process, and they were getting frustrated with that. Kept wanting to talk about process, and he was a bit more cagey about what they'd investigated. And it turned out, while they'd investigated with witnesses, they hadn't sent anybody out to these places to investigate eyes on the ground, which do I think they were getting reading between the lines. They were getting questioned on, and there was a bit of a frustration there. But the key thing to come out is they were fired up, and they were talking about having hearings. So I think it was a very different beast, as I say, the DOD Inspector General where he said nothing and the, and I think this moved it forward. And I think it's another thing for Grush to show he's very credible. And not just in some areas. They didn't come out and say, Oh well, he was harassed, but as for the rest of it, he's you know, he's making it up and he's no evidence. Not that wasn't the case at all. So I thought it was uh, really, really significant and uh, a lot of those people come out and move the needle. Claims have merit, and are loads of different statements like that. But was very strong. So, yeah, I was thought it. Was a more better than I thought, actually, Frank. I must say.
1: And what, what about yourself, Ash? Have you uh, have you seen much about that since it happened?
2: Uh, not too much since. I mean, not much to add uh, to what they said, really. But I think it's a, I guess, a great start to the year to kick off straight away with. With that, it's good vindication for Grush. whereas, like you said, uh, it'd be interesting to see if anything comes out of them investigating the reprisals, like the kind of the, the threats and stuff like that. Which don't know we'll ever see anything publicly about that. But it's always uh, interesting. Just to talk about hearings. I mean, it's been a definitely a, a breakout year last year for the hearings and how serious they seem to be taking it now. So it's just carried that on, but maybe even stronger than it has done past twelve months. So just to see that continuing. It's going to be exciting. Like, um, I say, got all these congressmen excited about it and wanting to talk about it. So, yes, that's the key thing to that we'll see moving forward. So, just looking forward to what comes next.
1: Yeah, seeing how it goes. And I always think it must be quite tricky, you know, to be one of the people in attendance at a briefing like that, to then walk straight out after having heard all this stuff that you can't talk about. And then be right in front of loads of reporters with microphones and cameras. It must be quite tough that to and I think you know when when sometimes people are um you know really don't wanna say anything, it's probably just because they just not don't wanna risk accidentally just giving something away, and they sort of er on the side of caution. You know, I think it's, uh, I'd probably be like that, to be honest with you. Like, you know, your whole career could potentially be in, in jeopardy mm-hmm. if you accidentally reveal classified information to reporters and not having time to digest it as well. Not not to sort of like, you know, give them an easy ride or anything like that, you know what I mean, at the same time. But it's a balance that to walk, isn't it? Go on, Dave.
0: You're right, Frank. I thought they did a really good job, to be honest with you, when they come out. I thought, because it must be difficult, like you say, knowing what you can say and... I mean, only Lou Elizondo's a real master of it and maybe Grush. And most of them are Eric Davis, I suppose, obviously like a kamikaze pilot. But I mean, uh, you know, uh, it, 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 I think he was really good. One, it? And Eric Burleson, remember, on the DOD one, he mentioned propulsion just speculating from his own speculation. They were accusing him of saying, classic, uh, you know, revealing classified information until he, class- he clarified, you know, and he not even wasn't even mentioning the DOD briefing. So you're right. It's a real tight what I thought they did really well. I was really impressed by the amount they were able to say, given they couldn't really say anything, you know? Uh, so yeah, I totally agree. We thought well, it was pretty good performance when they come out. And we see this as Ash was alluding to that Congress sort of growing as a force. And I think we can start to see the Congress versus the establishment as it were or the core group or whatever you want to call it which we might see in some of the other things that go forward starting to appear and it's whether they've got enough clout and muscle to sort of win the arm wrestle as it were i think this was what i thought just made me think of it when ash was talking then
1: yeah it's going to be an interesting one to to see if we do get any more hearings as you say ash it was kind of a, a real breakout year as you put it wasn't it for for hearings in in 2023 mm-hmm. um i don't think anybody expected that amount of of hearings and and the, the you know the length of them and the sorts of information that came out so yeah yeah cer- certainly one to watch for over the coming coming months um let's move on then so uh, a, a very big thing that happened um slightly more recently just as it happens we've ended up doing this kind of in chronological order of, of how things have happened um but this is uh sean kirkpatrick the departing director of arrow uh, released a, a, a scathing is probably a good word to use a scathing opinion piece um which was actually um uh, around about uh, january the the 19th so it's kind of getting along uh, later on in the month and it was entitled. Um, here's what I learned as the U.S. government's UFO hunter. So basically, um, you know, the first thing I I noticed about that piece was I was immediately hit by that that headline, because um, I've I've got a podcast you know about UFOs, obviously you know, and. I've really tried quite hard not to ever refer to myself as, you know, a, a UFO buff or certainly UFO hunter. It kind of seems a bit off, really, as a, as a title. A guy like that who's repeatedly stressed the importance of dealing with the topic seriously, scientifically, and whatnot, then then come out and call yourself a UFO hunter. It sort of sounds a bit like the way the Daily Star tabloid would describe somebody, rather than the way that you know, a scientist whose job it's been to investigate this topic on behalf of the public would describe himself as the f- first kind of article after he steps down. Just a bit odd. And and I think the article, for me, you know, it's just my opinion, it goes on to sort of use a tone that seemed to seek to actually minimise the topic in, in general and kind of ridicule even. There was quite a lot of mentions of the term conspiracy, conspiracist, and a lot of dismissals, of anybody who who brought forward any testimony or information, which seems like basically anything other, any anything other than what Kirkpatrick wanted to hear, was dismissed as conspiracies and you know that kind of thing. Um, and there is a couple of um, quotes here to to sort of demonstrate that. Um, quote. After painstakingly assembling a team of highly talented and motivated personnel and working with them to develop a rational, systematic and science-based strategies to investigate these phenomena, our efforts were ultimately overwhelmed by sensational but unsupported claims that ignored contradictory evidence yet captured the attention of policymakers and the public, driving legislative battles and dominating the public narrative. The result of this whirlwind of tall tales, fabrication and second-hand or third-hand retellings of the same was a social media frenzy and a significant amount of congressional and executive time and energy spent on investigating these so-called claims as if we didn't have anything better to do, unquote. Now, the fact is, you know, we know for sure that many of these whistleblowers uh, provided detailed testimony to Arrow, Um you know, and basically there's been a lot of telling of how these whistleblowers were treated by RO and, and a lot of them simply skipped RO altogether and that kind of thing and and just went straight to Congress or, the, you know, the Intelligence Community Inspector General and, and so forth. And so we've heard anyone that, that did go to RO were dismissed as conspiracists with no credible evidence and claims were not followed up on and whatnot. To me doesn't sound like a commitment really to follow the evidence where it leads. It's just like, you know, Kirkpatrick with his hands over his ears saying la, 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 not wanting to hear any of it. And I, I saw of tweeted about this at the time, and um, I think it kind of sums up my thoughts in a nutshell on it. Um, my tweet said, During Kirkpatrick's time with Arrow, we had almost complete radio silence, a total lack of willingness to pursue important leads provided by many credible witnesses, and now ending with this sneering summary parroting debunker talking points and a total failure to address the key issues a disgrace which you know that's kind of quite strongly worded but you know that's definitely my my thoughts on the whole thing and i think it's fair to say that those kind of sentiments were also echoed certainly not uh, as a result of my post or anything like that, but uh, I, I think Christopher Mellon was thinking along the same lines. Is probably a better way to put it. Obviously, the former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence, somebody who's you know himself has been quite deep behind that curtain of secrecy uh, and and knows how uh, all of the, that kind of world works. And and Christopher Mellon's uh, quote, before I hand over to you guys for some thoughts, was quote, "I was astonished." By one of the central claims made by Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick in his recent article in Scientific American, blasting UAP conspiracists. Specifically, his claim that, as of the time of my departure, none, let me repeat, none of the conspiracy minded whistleblowers in the public eye had elected to come to Arrow to provide their quote unquote evidence and statement for the record, despite numerous invitations. I'm baffled because. In an effort to assist his investigation, I introduced Dr Kirkpatrick to the former director of the ATIP programme, Lou Elizondo, as well as Dr Eric Davis and Dr Hal Puttoff. Each of these prominent voices associated with the ATIP programme spent hours briefing Dr Kirkpatrick in a classified setting. None have received any feedback. Hopefully, the pending report to Congress on the alleged UAP recovery programme will describe the specific claims made by these and dozens of other witnesses and what Arrow did to evaluate them unquote so a lengthy tweet there from uh, from christopher mellon but you know such is the way of of uh, x what used to be twitter these days lengthy tweets are, are now a thing but in this case i thought that was very very well put as is often the case with mellon and it just seems to what patrick is saying just just doesn't seem right he's literally saying in an article that nobody's come forward and provided any any statement for the record but everybody else is saying, yeah, but hang on, I went to you. <laughs> I introduced all these people. You know, it's it just seems absolutely baffling to me. And, um, you know, since then, there's kind of various uh, pictures have surfaced of um, Sean Kirkpatrick attending events with Susan Goff, who's obviously the, you know, the, the OD spokesperson, obviously famous for, you know, sort of attempting to control the narrative and whatnot. And, uh, of course, there's uh, various kind of thoughts about, why that might be but yeah a bit of a baffling debacle really so uh what do you reckon about all of that dave
0: well i was struggling then to contain myself listening to that for Argo. i mean i thought we'd earned the last of him but he'd just gone to the doe to take his cushy job as a reward for giving everybody the runaround for two years while he was in arrow i mean i was what does he say we wasted our time well what did he do he didn't do anything did he what he stopped him putting making paper planes in his office what a load of gaslighting he did nothing dragged his feet and all the rest of it we all know all that anyway i won't go into that i'd like to focus on the strange behavior of dr sean kirkpatrick yeah why did he bother doing that he's not said anything before god bless him so why would he start now I mean, he did the op-ed, as you said. He also did an interview with that CNN guy, Peter Bergen. And it was just seemed like crazy. He did that crazy Stephen Green Street narrative. You know that one where everybody's been fooled, the senators, by a load of dodgy scientists? And it was absolutely Looney Tunes, this cherry-picked narrative. Absolutely crazy. And he virtually repeated it word for word. He attacked whistleblowers, the people who was charging courage. Gullible Congress people. I mean, you don't get very far, here Attacking all the politicians in America. And a load of, what is it, crazy scientists? I mean, no evidence for E.T., again, using those words. Did not touch Grush's allegations. Laughably, he said in one of the interviews, he followed the honour system to investigate, which basically meant he rang up. So have you got any secret projects today? Oh, no, we haven't. Oh, right then, fair enough. And that was his investigation. I mean, what's that all about? And he admitted to that. Christ, and I wouldn't admit to all that if I was him. Absolutely laughable. But anyway, so why did he do that? Why did he make a fool of himself? He got out of there, he annoyed everybody. People come out and called him liars. All the big hitters said, like you just said, Frank. And he virtually destroyed his own credibility in this mad, and surely even he's not so big a child as to sort of do that. So why did he do it? now? Some think it's related to the DOD report, but come DODIG report basically come out. I won't go into it. We might go into it in a bit, Frank, but I'll just, it basically said that the military had not done anything, not coordinated anything in four years and need to book their ideas up and Arrow had played played a part in that. So there's people think that annoyed him, but uh, I, I, I don't think it I think what's behind this is I think they've got a whiff of what's coming up in this uh, Grush op-ed that he's writing. And I think he's making some serious allegations that they can't get out of. And they're all trying to get their retaliation in first. Why would he do this? I think he's been ordered to do this, to sort of really kick up some and try and get it to the point where people are sick of it and won't take anything serious at Grush. He said to poison the well effects beforehand. So he's getting his retaliation in first. There's also been a spate of these useless mainstream media pieces that have come out saying nothing, ill-informed, Forget what the latest one was in New Yorker. What a load of cobblers that was. The bloke hadn't even looked at the UAP Act. He didn't think it was important. So they're obviously being dictated to by a load of flunkies in the DOD or the core group to all these journalists. So it's, it feels like it's orchestrated to me, is the point I'm getting. Now, this guy still an unpaid consultant to the DOD. They still said he is. How can that be? He's insulted politicians. He's insulted, he's insulted uh he sorted the politics. He sorted the whistleblowers. I mean, how can be? This should be coming out and saying this is wrong. We, you know, we, we don't agree with this. But there's no been no criticism of his remarks. How can that be as well? And the killer for me, which you may have seen me write just a couple of tweets on Frank if you've been looking, is he's still writing Volume One of the UAP history? How can he be allowed to write that? He showed himself to be totally prejudiced. He's not objective. He doesn't respect anybody who's involved in the process, yet he's writing the UAP history. The man who rings up the secret keepers and says, oh, you weren't doing anything wrong. He said, no, we weren't there, Sean. He says, right, that's fair enough. And then he goes away and writes nothing to see here. But you can't have him writing that. So I just can't see how that's happening because that could mislead Congress. A of those DOD people are implicated in this from Chris Sharp's article, so they'll be guilty of misleading Congress because they'd be careful just to focus an arrow saying they don't know anything. I mean, and also, the other killer is, I seem to remember from one of your shows, and reading it myself, the Comptroller General is responsible for this history, not Sean Kirkpatrick. Sean Kirkpatrick is writing it on the Comptroller General's behalf, and he runs the ICIG. So, presumably, he's going to sign it off to say he's happy with it. I think, so I've gone off on one there a little bit, really, David, but I think there's something he's he's trying to rubbish this report, but I also think it's really serious that he's writing this volume one of the UFO history, because the mainstream media will pick it up and say, oh, nothing to see here. And I I think that he's just proven himself to be an unfit person. So uh, it's fair to say I wasn't too impressed, Frank.
1: Yeah, really good point about the um, the historical report as well. And as you say, it, it, I'm going back a couple of years now into the legislation. I think we talked about it, David. Originally, <laughs> proposed legislation was that the controller General was actually going to write the report, and it was there, them that were going to actually be responsible. But then it got watered down to the arrow the would do it, and controller General just oversees that process or signs it off or whatever, which is... You know, it is an interesting one. You know, would they have? Well, we'll see what it says when it comes out. But I think based on what Kirkpatrick has been saying here, we've got a fair idea that there's not going to be any, it's probably not going to be worth a carrot, as it were. Um, but, you know, interestingly as well, uh, what I found interesting about this is that, you know, this is basically just Sean Kirkpatrick expressing his opinion as a, as an individual. It's an opinion piece, not an official statement of the DOD or any any government body and their official statement to the public about what their their findings were or anything like that. Um it's you know Sean Kirkpatrick is now a private citizen and you know so has been said specifically by Susan Goff, the the views expressed are his own. And that's, you know, it's interesting because he's clearly written this from the point of view of You know, he's basically just saying it's my opinion as a private citizen. But especially with that title, you're gonna know that it's gonna get picked up by the mainstream media, and you're gonna know that the impact that it will have. It 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 will sort of present the whole thing as oh nothing to see here. You know, I was the UFO hunter for the government, and I'm telling you, there's nothing. So don't worry about it. Just go about your business. And it's another very interesting thing about it is that. I was trying to find out about this. I think I mentioned it on the pod a little while back, whether or not Kirkpatrick actually submitted this 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 document uh, for the DOPSA process, the security review process, in the same way that Dave Grush had to do and Lou Elizondo's doing with his book and, and Lekatsky and whatnot had, had done in the past. And that's quite interesting if he did or he didn't. It kind of opens up to questions. But it's now actually been confirmed 100% that Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick did submit this draft document for a security review prior to publication. Obviously that's not an endorsement of any of the contents within the what he's saying. It's still just his own personal opinion. But given how long these types of things take to get cleared, you know, when did he submit that for review? I don't think there's any way that we could find that out specifically. But if if it had been submitted a few months before he actually left, how has he already come to that opinion with months of work left to go? And if, he, if he's had it rushed through and he's had it approved within a week, you know, when he after he figured out he was going to leave, how is how has that happened then? Why does it take so much longer for Grush to get things approved? It can go on for months and months, but patrick has been fast-tracked. So there's some definite weirdness there about that process. You know, he's either been given, like, you know, favourable treatment and he's had it rushed through right at the end after he's already decided he's going to leave. Or even more, weirdly, if he submitted this document for for review a couple of months or even a month or so before he's actually even finished how how has he been so confident in these these conclusions when he's still got time left to do the job what happens if something up? do you know what i mean it's like he'd already planned he was going to leave and he'd, he's written the article and yeah so anyway a few things i just wanted to follow up on because i'd mentioned that a little bit but now over to you ash what do you reckon mate have you been checking up on this side of things
2: yeah, so I mean, Dave's got such a way of words; it's uh, quite hard to to follow. On. But reading this article, kind of in isolation, you kind of forget about everything you sort of know about Kirkpatrick or the history of it. Obviously, it's a very defensive article. You can seems that like a lot of frustrations are coming out in the article. It says it was weird for him to to do it in the first place. It's like, why is he attacking these people? Like, like like Dave said, is is left that like that part of his job is done. A part of his life, his career is finished. So, why kind of bring it all up in this way when like it sounds like very pissed off um, with the words he's using? It kind of seems like when you talk about the evidence and all this stuff and extraordinary claims, kind of extraordinary evidence, all that crap, Psyche like wants people to basically, you're, you're the UFO guy. I've got this UFO that I've found. Here it is they would be like, yeah, cool, thanks. And that's like, like it's like that's what he wanted, rather than, this has happened to me. Investigate it. Like, surely th- that job was for him to investigate it, not to be handed everything on a plate, which is what he's kind of saying, where, like, if you're saying this, give me the evidence. Well, that's your job to get evidence. And we know he's, he's, he's done nothing. We just seem like this couple of years of frustration is just coming out of it. And like the term, we, you talk about the UFO hunter term. It's, I mean... It sounds like that's, he's written that title himself. It's like you say, it's kind of a, a, a jab at everybody. Kind of, obviously, he's going to be aware of what's said on social media and stuff he might he has to, and from other kind of people, his peers as well. But so to call yourself a UFO hunter, I mean, not even UAP hunter, he's called it UFO hunter. Again, going back to the old kind of old style, kind of making the joke of it. I mean, I've, called, I've been called UFO Hunter, UFO Expert, <laughs> ET Hunter, and stuff in media articles. That's just a newspaper putting it in. It's not me saying, call me this. But from the title of it, it sounds like he's given himself that name, which is just even more bizarre, and just seems like it's just a jab at people, And like the whole article is. I mean, some some of this stuff, I mean, I'm not going to say I was warming to him or anything, but I can kind of see some. I see some similarities with what what I do at UFO Identified in terms of fighting the sensationalism, fighting the media. Because stuff that we do, and stuff that many other people do, which is the real hard work, just gets ignored on the whole. Where some shitty video or fake story starts going viral, gets all the attention. And it can be a hard battle fighting that constantly. So I mean, Maybe he started off with good intentions and then he's just been squashed down. Maybe there's roadblocks that we've not been aware of. That's just made him think, fuck this type situation. Uh, but I mean, all his frustrations though, I mean, he's made it, he has made himself, I'm not defending him in, in any way. He's just been so dismissive from the start, his demeanor in the hearings. Um, but I can not like, just to say, I can see some, uh, some sympathy, Not maybe not sympathy, but some. I
0: can see some of the similarities with what I do to, to, one, to some of his I, comments. I think, to of be honest, I think, to be honest, though, Ash, your point about people may be sensationalist and grifting, it's different to what he's doing. He's saying people are coming forward with proper testimony and Grush, who's got the ICIG on his back with 40 witnesses, he's characterising that as sensationalist. I mean, you're right on your point, but he's, he's trying to cast reasonable evidence but he couldn't be bothered to investigate. Uh, as some sort of sensationalist crap. That's the difference. So I get what you're saying, and I think you're right in terms of those trends, but he's, no, he's just trying to say it's all rubbish. Uh, and it, it just won't fight, and he's had no intention. I don't think he got pissed off. He he, he revealed himself here. He had no intention from the off to do it, and he got away with it. So why did he come back to make a mess out of the... Bl- he'd done almost the perfect crime, and he'd come back and hit the bloke over the head with what he robbed in the end doing this. Uh, but yeah. anyway, sorry, I did. I, but I've, i I, I, what I was, you only wanted to make the point, but I get what you're saying. And that's a good point about how these people sort of go for sensations. But he's tried to say legitimate evidence, evidence is sensationalist. And it's not right. He's a total gaslight, a king of gaslighting.
2: Yeah, no, totally. Like I say, he's, it's, it's from his own making. Yeah. He's kind of put himself under the bus and then complain about the driver type <laughs> that situation. That's that, that's what he's done. Good morning. Um, like I say, people have said, yeah, we come to you before, we come to you before, and he's just totally ignored it. So I mean, I can say some aspects to it, but on the whole, yeah, I just don't understand why he's done it and why he's attacked and people with no real faces to do it.
1: Yeah, I think I think, you know, like like you say, um, well, like both of you said there, it, it is a really good point, that that there's a, an there's an aspect of the UFO community that doesn't want to hear the bad news. I think like in terms of you know if you're looking at a ufo case and as we know the vast majority of, of people in the public who who see something that they think is a ufo uap is probably a misidentification or something that you know it has a prosaic explanation and of course you know it's a lot more exciting to to you know think of something as being truly anomalous and that's what we all are interested in this for in the first place and people don't like being told that that is the case however i think like everybody was saying there is that that's not necessarily even what it is. I don't think he's been inundated with abuse about cases that he's come out and debunked because he's not come out and debunked any cases, really. <laughs> he's not done anything. That's exactly the problem, isn't it? It's like if he'd have come out with detailed analysis of cases and gone, well, listen, there's this case in the public eye. We've got further information on it, and it's definitely not anything anomalous because, look, here's all the data that we've got on it within reason, obviously, as to what can be released publicly and... And things like that but no like there was a complete like just uh, you know a, a refusal to engage with things like the nimitz case which is the case that they should have been going straight after as soon as he got the keys to the cabinet should have been looking through to find the nimitz files and any old sensor data they could get their hands on, and asking the witnesses to that case to come in and trying to piece it together like a proper bit of detective work, which is what he said he was going to do, but he didn't, did he? And it's like that, that quote that I pulled out earlier is he's, he's talking about painstakingly assembling a, a oh, team of highly talented and all this kind of thing, and then he, and then he says our efforts were ultimately overwhelmed by you know, and he calls them sensational but unsupported claims. But if your if your approach is overwhelmed by people coming forward and telling you telling you stuff, then that tends to sort of like sound as though there's a lot of people coming to you and saying, "Look, I saw this. I saw this. I used to do this job in the government, and I saw this and heard about this." And rather than following up on them, he's just gone. No, that's not what we're interested in. I've got my head, f- f- you know, focused on this particular way that I'm going to do it, and we don't want to hear from you. And then to even take it a step further. And, like, as as Chris Mellon was saying there, is that to claim that nobody has even bothered to come forward when they have, that's what really baffles me about it. And then, you know, to, to sort of leave the job and come out with this article calling yourself a UFO, it couldn't be more baffling, you know. And I think a lot of people, we, we were fairly skeptical about Kirkpatrick from the beginning because of things like Lou Elizondo's uh, reaction to Kirkpatrick being given the job right at the beginning. We were, you know, sort of you know questioning it a little bit from from that point of view but having said that we you know deep down i think wanted some good information and good reports to come out of the arrow office and 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 yeah to, to end like this is just absolutely bizarre i don't think there's many who are thrilled about what Kirkpatrick patrick did during his time um but you know, onwards and upwards, and and we'll see if anything anything good does come out of Arrow. Anyone got anything further to add?
0: Now, only that, um, only um, but only right. that he was the he made himself the anti Lou, didn't he? That was his strategy. He wanted to be the opposite of Lou Alessandro. He use the same thing. I am the anti Lou, and gone around using the same strategy. Being I was an insider, only to say it's all rubbish. I mean, ab- uh, anyway, yeah, uh, absolutely using the same strategies, low information zone. This- Crap from green street and then all the rest of it saying i knew it's, it's just appalling and as i say how he can write that report i will never know that is an absolute disgrace anyway as i say i think yeah i should have stopped i shouldn't have bothered speaking again on that frank
1: sorry mate no no it's all good anyway ash anything to add i'll show you crack on we've got another thing to talk about so
2: no no crack on
1: so this one's um uh I guess you could say slightly more UFO community focused story. Um because I think it's you know it hasn't really been a mainstream news story this, but it is interesting. Um and I I talked about kind of talked about this, touched on it a bit a little while ago on, on the pod. Um I guess it would have been like mid December or something like that. I just so happened to stumble across a tweet from Rob Heatherly who'd been doing investigative work looking into basically um wikipedia articles being edited and i i'd noticed just when i do research for the pod i often look on wikipedia just to give you sort of like an overview of 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 something uh you know particular case or whatever just to get key dates and then you can obviously use that as a jumping off point to sort of you know go and dig into certain areas check everything's accurate because obviously wikipedia is edited by users and whatnot and I just noticed that whenever I was looking into a, a certain person, if they were like a UFO sort of personality, often the articles had a certain, you know, debunky type of tone to them. Not anywhere as bad as like Patrick's article, but sort of, you know, dipping the toe in, in the water or that kind of thing. Now, um, I did wonder why, and and then and I noticed Rob had tweets. As I say, he's been doing the work looking into this for quite some months now. And Rob's kind of digging into the story came out via the Good Trouble Show, actually. Shout out, Matt Ford. Bear me one
2: second. Sorry about that. Couldn't find the mute button.
1: So anyway, shout out, Matt Ford, who seems to be uh, doing a lot of good work these days. Good on you, Matt, if you're listening. Now, there's been a few... Uh, fingers pointed at mick west specifically around this whole thing i have to say i'm not sure that there's absolutely concrete evidence that mick west is actually the mastermind of this or anything like that certainly been some screenshots shared of 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 mick being supportive of kind of editing of wikipedia articles to to sort of make ufo cases you know and other other kind of topics that he doesn't agree with to be to seem less credible but i I don't personally think there's enough to point towards this as being his idea that he's masterminded or anything but essentially what the actual thing is that's happened is the takeaway is that this this particular group um have been uh, making a concerted effort to specifically go through you know wikipedia pages um to 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 do just that like i mentioned a second ago make certain topics seem less credible than perhaps they did before they got their hands on the wikipedia page it's kind of a a takeaway of this is how much of an important kind of battleground the information wars actually are in this day and age We've, we've seen it with various polarizing events the last few years covid various kind of political campaigns military conflicts each side kind of goes to unprecedented lengths to control the information online that's why you know they call it the information battleground who's winning the information war and i think with this topic there does seem to be that clearly coordinated effort to make the topic appear less credible um and, you know, that is according to the bias, of course, of the group who've been orchestrating the campaign in the first place. The reason being, you know, Wikipedia is that first place that a lot of people go for an overview of a topic. If you Google something, Wikipedia pops up in the top five most of the time. You know, and if you control that, to a certain extent, you control the gates, you know, for whoever gets into the topic any further. Obviously, if you think the whole topic's nonsense, you have a viewpoint that you're stopping people from getting sucked into a nonsense rabbit hole. I mean, you know, I suppose in some ways I was thinking if, if someone was doing this about flat earth or chemtrails, I might be a little bit more sympathetic, but you know, when it gets into the UFO side of things, obviously I'm not so supportive of that kind of an effort. But I think the main thing really is that objectivity is, or should be paramount, you know, if flat earth really is nonsense, Um, then why not present all the arguments and information to anyone who wants to read about it and let people make up their own minds? The fact is, it's not a noble crusade to deliberately obscure part of the picture. You know, no, no matter how nonsense you think that picture is, if it really is as nonsense as you think, then that should become clear to anybody who looks at it. And that's why I think it's so important to have a platform like Wikipedia be objective in, in the information it provides. So it just feels morally wrong that there's an orchestrated effort like this, you know, to sort of seek to influence people away from facts and present things in a twisted way. You know, if the page was edited by a, like a starseed type of person who claims to be being contacted by the Anunnaki with a message for humanity, as long as you pay for the upcoming book, I'd be equally outraged. I just want the facts, not a twisted version of the facts. So before I uh, descend into a coughing mess, Ash, what do you reckon of all that, mate? <laughs> it,
2: it, it, it's weird. Like, if, like, say, information is important and one of these ways is the internet and things like Wikipedia, and you've got to sort of ask yourself, why would people do this? Like, are they losing the, the battle on the other side so not having to take to this kind of extreme? But if you just I've either have an interest in something, like like for example, Flat Earth, like you mentioned, I don't believe in that, I don't I don't get into debate about it. It's just it's not part of my life. I've heard about it, I don't subscribe to it, so just don't engage with it. Purposely spend what well, it must be a lot of time spending your time to go through articles and just change stuff to change how other people I like, believe or perceive something. Just don't understand what what, what, what is the point of it if you're not interested just don't bother with it just don't engage with it so why it's going to this level this group of people i think like people it's in the hundreds or this group of people that are doing these like editing what's the bigger picture is it like is it kind of not mcwest but that kind of side of people losing the battle with congress and everything coming out kind of more in support in support of ufos and they have to go this way or is it just a group of kind of similar to Anonymous but kind of anti UFO Anonymous group that just want to do it for the fun of it? Or oh, it's just I don't look too much I not like I say not read too much into it, but it's just baffling to just to the kind of the, the reasoning behind it and yeah, it's just I don't understand why.
1: About yourself, Dave.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was uh, pretty shocked by this. I mean, I've been reading, looking on Wikipedia for a number of years, and uh, you know, you just think it's a load of sort of sanctimonious, sort of mainstream academics going on with themselves, and you can't allow certain things. It's all over. the, It's on the ancient civilization stuff, some of the paranormal stuff, and on UAPs what i didn't realize was how orchestrated it was because i've heard people going about it for years and but i didn't quite i mean they're a group called the Grilla specs skeptics that's what they call themselves and they've got 105 105 active editors who actively target uap and all the other stuff so it's not just uh, a couple of people who've got a bit of a grudge it's loads of them right mm. uh, and basically what you don't realize he's editing on wikipedia he's voluntary yeah so if you commit a load of time you can get a lot of power and editing rights and these people have been doing it for ages over a decade they set up their own pages they set up the david grush page so they could edit it and they can set the rules so they've established control over most of the pages in the topics we're interested in and they've, they're, they're getting into all sorts of stuff they've been removing people's titles and awards like the ross called journalist awards any titles they've got any reference to the expertise they've got, removing any references to content or, content or activities that they've done, stopping credible sources being cited, saying that they're all whatever, you know, you know, weird sources, you know, pseudoscience. Uh, then they make up their own dubious sources and cite them. So they'll write a blog and then uh, then they stop anybody else editing the sites because they control them. Uh, they're using loads of derogatory terms like pseudoscience and then they write all these partial narratives and worst of all, any other editors who've come in to try and change it, they've actually threatened them with kicking them off and saying there's some sort of, you know, poor editor and they can stop them editing it. it it's absolutely, it's just an absolute disgrace. It's like you, Ash, if you did think they would, did say, oh right, Ash, he's been working four years on the UAP settings, right, we'll stop that. Oh, he does loads of investigations, right, not now." Write a blog saying that he's a, he loves to chase after stories in the sun. Yeah, then they'd cite that if a professor praised your work, they'd knock that out, and so on and so forth, and it'd make it look like you just rolled out of your house on Sunday morning and spotted something a mile away and reported it. That's what it'd read like at the end, rather than all that thing. And it's absolutely, I think, it's absolutely disgraceful. I mean. What do we say about Mick West? I don't want to. He, he, there's no proof it's him, so let's be clear. But there's a fella called Lucky Louie who does a lot of stuff whose activities are strangely similar to Mick West's and the timing and how he, he writes loads of stuff on Mick West. Uses the same language and all the rest. of it. So he's a bit like Superman, you know, Clark Kent and Superman. You know, you never see him together, but one another's clothes might be in the telephone box. You know what I mean? So it's one of them. He certainly tried to defend it at first, Mick West, and he started trying to downplay it. And for me, whatever side of the fence you're on, you can't support this kind of behaviour. He gets up my nose, with some of his cherry-picking arguments. But I don't mind it. It's his right to make his comments. Yeah, but when he's supporting this kind of behaviour, which is effectively trying to win the argument by stealth without even having the argument, that is a different level for me. And at that point, I don't want to engage, and I don't think people are entitled to engage in debate. Well, they're entitled to engage in debate. You shouldn't take them seriously. That's for me. And I, I, I just think it's in a democratic society, we cannot have this stuff. Wikipedia it's such an important source of information. You cannot have these people, self-appointed, whatever, ideologues who think that they know best. Taking out proper information, it, you know, they're getting rid of proper, credible, neutral information. It's not they're getting rid of weird things. They're getting rid of And that, to me, so I think it's... Uh, It's moved it to a whole new level, and uh, I think Mick West should come out and condemn it if he really is against it. But I think he's one of that. I wrote Fellow Traveller, which is when you were talking, maybe a bit extreme, but he's part of all this. They have conferences and everything, you know, but they all all laugh at us for going to conferences. They all go to pseudo-whatever debunker conferences and all cheer each other and cheer about all these things they've done. And so it's a big movement. And it's absolutely if if their argument's so strong, why do they have to do this by stealth? Mm. And I would suggest that their argument isn't that strong. Anyway, so I, I was I was really shocked. And what Rob showed is it's systematic and it's targeted. Not just a couple of people who you would expect two or three people, and there you go, it's the mainstream establishment. This is active targeting, rewriting history, and, and think about this topic. Probably one of the most challenging topics humanity's ever faced. And we're going to have to think about some difficult things. And the last thing you need is a load of idiots. Sort of rewriting history and not letting you think about what the topics are. So, but Wikipedia is a law unto itself, I suppose. Uh, and uh, so it probably will carry on until they, I mean, unless people start stopping contributing to them, that's the only thing that will make them stop. But I, there apparently there's rumoured to be possible legal action as well. That would be great if that happened, but I, I think that might be struggle. but yeah, great Matt Matt for picking it up and Rob's great work on this. And uh, I think they must be a bit embarrassed because they think the party could get away with it and carry on forever. So, I I, I was really really shocked, Frank, and really annoyed. Yeah, I think
1: it's a, I think it's a, it's a really big story, and I think a lot of credit to to Rob Heatherly for for doing the the background work on looking into it all, and he did quite a long video on the. The Good Trouble Show on YouTube. If anybody wants to check out the full thing, well worth a look. If you just go to The Good Trouble Show, you'll you'll find it one of the recent episodes there. I think it's about three hours long, and they go through all of the websites they use to actually check all the edits that have been done, and you know, even the to some extent the the methods that that they use to actually obscure the amount of edits that they've done as well to make it look as though it's not been as heavily influenced as it has. And yeah, yeah very concerning. And speaking of rewriting history that you were talking about, another target of that is Graham Hancock, whose Wikipedia page describes him as pseudo-archaeologist Graham Hancock. Pseudo-science, mentioned many times. and It's obviously trying to frame a particular person's work, you know, a certain way before you even get into the, the body of the work. You've already sort of set it up. You know, it's the same tactics that tabloids use when they're trying to take somebody down, isn't it, you know? Uh, you know untrustworthy oh. johnny blogs well nobody's going to really take him that seriously <laughs> if you introduce him uh, like yeah. that you? do you know yeah. what i mean but anyway i think uh my voice is on its last legs yeah, i've yeah. done all right actually uh, towards the end it's it's become a bit difficult but uh, we got there uh, so anybody got anything further to add uh, no i think
0: we've covered it off it was great it's great to have ash on again i enjoyed that and it's good to have the three of us just Kicking it about a bit. Uh, I've really, I've really enjoyed it, and I think we've covered a lot of the, the key issues. So this month there was quite a lot happening, and it feels quiet, but it hasn't been really. It's just it's like the calm before the storm, but even the calm, the waters are quite choppy under the swirls underneath those calm waters.
1: Indeed. Right, well, we'll leave it there then for today, uh tonight, or whenever you're listening to this. And um, yeah, I look forward to to next month as ever. I'm sure if January's anything to go off, we'll probably have a lot to talk about when we get to the end of February again. So, um, well, yeah, hopefully, never know. It might be a completely, you know, quiet month, but we'll we'll, we'll certainly see. I I mean, Having said to. that, to be fair, we're we're already a few days in. Not too much is going on just yet, but maybe it's the calm before the storm. Eh? I, I think we'll finally see Grush's op-ed this month.
0: I do. I definitely think it's coming out this month. But then again, who am I? What do I know? But I do think it's definitely coming out and I think all this cobblers is related to it. I I don't know, but that's my feeling. But I might be wrong. If I'm wrong, I'll just say I'm wrong, you know, but uh, I do think it'll be coming out this month. Something's got to come out to counter all this this flack that they're putting up.
1: Well, We'll see. Hope it does. And then we'll have plenty to talk about on the next round table. Right, so we'll leave it there then. Thanks both. Pleasure as always. Yes,
0: I Really enjoyed it. Yep. Nice one, guys. Nice one. The UFO round table. The UFO
2: thinker and pursuit of the paranormal podcasts.